Morning, everyone. So, uh, Sansbury is a grocery store chain in Europe. They produce that commercial. So, the next time you're in Europe, make sure you stop by uh, Sansbury and tell them thanks. All right. So, I need to ask a couple questions right now. Um, how many of you liked that video? All right. Wow. How many of you feel more joyful after watching it? Okay, anybody that feels like a little bit conflicted or confused because they were going to go back and shoot each other right after this? That's what I thought. That was kind of like my struggle as I watched it. I felt this kind of inner turmoil. I didn't know quite how to feel. But a friend of mine here told me that um, this, this reportedly actually happened in World War I. And a friend of mine told me that they actually had to bring new troops in and um, to... to both sides had to bring new troops in because these guys wouldn't shoot each other anymore. Danny told me that, yeah. So, But, um, you know, I, I did. The first time I watched it, I was really conflicted, and I didn't quite know how to feel because uh, of the... I mean, World War I was one of the darkest periods in modern history, and that trench warfare was a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. And uh, and there, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of happiness uh, around it at all. But if there's anything we can take away from this, I think it would be that we do live in a um, a, a world of shadows, a, a, a shadowy type of existence where things aren't quite as clear as we always would like them to be, and um, contradictions abound everywhere we look, and the, the, a world that is not just shadowy, but is dark. There is darkness in the world. There is spiritual darkness in the world. And we desperately need spiritual light. Desperately. And that's where the story of Christmas comes in. Because that's what Christmas did. It brought light into the world. Jesus is called the light of the world. When Jesus came into this world, light came into darkness. And one of the things we always want to remember is this. Darkness can't withstand light. Light automatically dispels darkness. If, if we turned the lights down totally in this room, blacked it out, and we sat for a couple of minutes and allowed our eyesight to get used to the darkness, turn on one candle. If I held one candle up here, it would light the whole room. It would dispel the darkness from the whole room. And so when we say Jesus is the light of the world and he came into the world to dispel the darkness, uh, we're, we're making a statement there that is incredibly powerful. And it, it just flows so much with this whole theme of Christmas. I mean, even the lights, look at the lights. Uh, one of the things I like about Christmas are the lights. And my preference is for white lights because they're bright and brilliant and they kind of reflect how, how I picture uh, the glory of God and um, and and just the beauty and the purity of the whole thing. But it was a light that the wise men followed, remember? Wise men followed this bright light in the sky. And when, the, when Jesus was born and the shepherds were out in their field and an angel showed up, uh, light, you know, one angel would bring enough light to fill, to, you know, to fill the sky. 
But by the end of that scene, there are thousands and thousands of angels filling the sky, revealing just this glory of God, this bright light, physical light, which was all pointing towards the reality of spiritual light. And so the the physical often prophetically points to the spiritual. And so the, these, the, the light that led the wise men, the light that the angels brought, all of that is speaking of the true light of Jesus as the light of the world in bringing spiritual light into darkness. And that leads me to ask, well then, if there's a parallel between the two, what does physical light do for us? You know, what's, what's the, the most important thing it does? Well, for one thing, it feeds us. Photosynthesis, uh, we have light because of the sun and the plant. We have food because of the sun and the plants and all of that. It, it warms us. And uh, it, it, it regulates our biological clock. But beyond all of that, what light does is to reveal our environment to us. It shows us where we are. If it wasn't for light, I wouldn't know that I have to stop right here. I'd take another step if it wasn't for light. And so light shows me what's here, and it shows me how to interact with my environment because it reveals. And when we talk about Jesus being the light of the world and bringing spiritual light, we are talking about him bringing the revelation of God. He reveals God to us. If you were here last week, you heard Putty uh, give a message that um, focused, a uh, significant part of the message focused on this, where, where he pointed out that Jesus is fully God, 100% God. And as 100% God, Jesus shows us everything we need to know about who God is. But Jesus was also 100% man, and he was the perfect man. And therefore, Jesus shows us everything we need to know about ourselves in him. And so Jesus comes to bring this revelation to show us who God is. And when, when we come to God through Jesus, who we are. Now, the Christmas story speaks of this in a few different places. But I want to refer to Luke 1, 78 and 79. This is... Um, the father of John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Christ. And in this passage, he's prophesying about Jesus who's coming. And John the Baptist was the one who announced that Jesus was coming. And so here we read this. Zechariah is talking about Jesus when he says this. And he says, Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. Now just stop there with me for a moment. Morning light from heaven. That's Jesus. Okay, that's Jesus. Have any of you, um, I should ask, has anybody not done this? But I'm going to ask, has anybody here been up before the sun came up? Okay, good. I'm glad to see that. Uh, that's an ex- if you haven't done that, you need that experience. But to get, especially if you're someplace where you can see the horizon and you can see the sun come up. And he, here Jesus is referred to as the morning light, the sunrise. And the sun rises, it breaks over the horizon, you begin to see a peak of it, and then it, 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 in some settings, it almost seems to jump up. There's a, there's a point where it's just like, pop, it's there. And, but it's low in the sky. And so you have the sun, you can see the sun, but where you're standing, what do you see? What do you see? You see shadows. 
because it's the sun's just coming up. The further the sun rises, the fewer shadows there are. And really, the clearer you see, the better you see everything around you. But Jesus is that. Jesus is the morning light. He's the, he's the sunrise that's breaking upon us. And he came to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the path of peace. So Jesus came to give light to whom? To those who sit in darkness. Again, spiritual darkness. He's referring to spiritual darkness here. And by spiritual darkness, what we mean is that God created us with inner eyesight. We have a, just like we have physical eyes, we have an inner eyesight, uh, spiritual eyesight. And what he's referring to here is that since Adam and Eve fell, since they sinned, when they decided not to trust God, to trust God's enemy instead, they fell out of relationship with God. Uh, we, we speak of ourselves now as being a fallen race. And what happened at that moment was that our spirit, we lost our spiritual eyesight. So we don't have spiritual eyesight. So we live in spiritual darkness because we can't see spiritually. And every person that's born into the world is born with a fallen nature. We get that from Adam and Eve. And so we are born with spiritual eyes that don't work. They just flat out don't work. We can't see. And so he's talking here about people who are sitting in darkness. Now, question, why does he say sitting? It it is poetry. This is poetic, so you can't make too much out of all the use of the words. But uh, why would you sit in darkness? Have you ever been, been like in a basement or been someplace where the lights went out? And it's dark. I mean, it's really dark. I've, I've had that happen a few times. And I want to tell you, the first thing I do is I just stay still. Don't start walking. You're going to hit your head on something. You know, it, you, you have to be careful. You have to really orient. And so in darkness, you're more inclined to sit than you are to stand or walk. And so he's bringing light to people who are sitting in darkness because they can't, they can't negotiate uh, their environment. And he calls it the shadow of death. And he's going to guide our feet into the path of peace. In other words, the light comes. We see the spiritual environment. We know how to. We know what steps to take. We know who God is. We begin to understand who we are in Jesus, and we're able then to negotiate the the spiritual landscape and to operate with spiritual eyesight. So, Jesus is this light, and He's the one that gives us the ability. To, to, to see the truth of God. Now, another verse uh, that comes from the Christmas story is Luke 2. And this was spoken by an old man named Simeon, who was a prophet. And he was at the temple eight days after Jesus was born. They took Jesus to the temple to dedicate him. And um, in this dedication, this man Simeon came up and saw Jesus. And he recognized Jesus as the Messiah because he was a prophet and God had spoken to him. And God had promised to him that he would see the Messiah before he died. And so Simeon, then, in response to to this this eight-day-old baby, he says, My eyes have seen your salvation. And he calls Jesus a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. So Jesus is a light of revelation. What does light do? It reveals 
Light is revelation. Spiritual light is revelation from God. It's revelation from God. God shines his light. I see who he is. I see who I am. That's revelation. That's what light does. That's what spiritual light does for us. Now, there's a problem. And the problem is that because we are born into a fallen world, a fallen, uh, a fallen people, and we are born with a fallen nature, we don't recognize it. We don't see it. Uh, let me illustrate it. If you were born in Alabama, or let's say Maine, would you think that you grew up with an accent? Would you ever come to a point that that you're listening to someone else talk and you're thinking, man, you talk funny. You know, why do you, why do you inflect this way? Uh, no, you wouldn't think that. You'd never recognize that, that, that you, your speech differed from other people's speech because you're born into that environment. Does that make sense? Okay, we're born into a fallen environment and we're born fallen, so we're spiritually blind. And so we can't see the fallen environment that we're born into. So it's very difficult for us to actually see the darkness itself. Now, I can illustrate this pretty easily because we do see the effects of the darkness. We see the lying and we see the cheating and we see the stealing and and we see people that are intentionally harming others and we see greed and we see malice and, and we see horrible things like ISIS and the Taliban and other things like that. And so we see the effects of evil, but how do we explain it? Generally speaking here, just generally speaking, not you as an individual, but just in general as a, as a human race, how do we explain it? Well, we don't explain it by saying, well, this is the result of spiritual darkness because we as a race are fallen away from God and we need to be reconciled to God. No, we don't, we don't explain it that way. We look at personal problems, and so often we say, well, you need psychoanalyzed. Or, uh, or, or if it's me re- evaluating it myself, I might say, well, this other person did this to me, and they made me feel this way, or they, they hurt me, and, and they did something to me. And so I want to avoid, we, we try to avoid this, this understanding that there is actually spiritual darkness. That's, that's the tendency of humanity. When it, when it comes to a larger scale, we see greed and avarice and power-hungry people and uh, trying to run the world. And we look at them and we, and we say, and even on a smaller scale, we, we just simply say, we, we are not advanced as, as a society. We have not evolved far enough yet. As we continue to evolve as human beings, we will eventually get to the place that all will be peace and love and wonder and joy because there's a, there's a lack of willingness to recognize that there's really spiritual darkness at the root of it all. Does that make sense? Okay, so on a personal note, um, it's so hard because for me to recognize that all of the stuff happening in the world is based upon spiritual darkness, I have to be able to recognize that I was born into spiritual darkness. And so it's almost like I have to be willing to, at some level, identify myself with that darkness in order to recognize that that's the problem in the world. And we don't like to do that because we don't like to be exposed. 
There's a verse in uh, John's gospel that says this. It says, John, uh, jump to John 3.19. It says, light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were what? Evil. All right. Plenty of evil around, isn't there? I mean, we, we, I mean, basically he's saying we've all sinned, we've all hurt, we've all been hurt, we've all held grudges, uh, on and on and on the list can go, and we don't want to be exposed. And so, man, stay in the shadows, and the light doesn't shine, doesn't shine on that fallen heart. I, you know, I, in college, I, I can illustrate this pretty easily, in college, I had, I had been a Christian for about a year, and... Um, Prior to that, I had done a ton of stuff that I knew Jesus had forgiven me for, and I believed he had forgiven me, but I sure didn't want everyone to know. You know, there was a lot of stuff that I was ashamed of and, and felt, you know, and just I just didn't want everybody to know everything I'd done. So um, there was a, a night that a couple of my friends came by, Christian friends, and they said, they said, Van, they said, we were at this Bible study and this guy was a prophet at this Bible study, a prophet. And he was telling people the secret things in their lives. He was telling people the th- secrets in their hearts and, their, and stuff they had done. And you have to come and hear this guy. And he told this one, and he, they told me something that he had revealed about someone that was not very, not the kind of thing you want to have revealed. And, 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 and they're wanting me to go. I said, are you kidding me? I mean, I don't want to get anywhere near that guy. I don't want him to look at me and say, hmm, 18 months ago, you, and if the police knew about this, yeah. I mean, I didn't want to be exposed. That's just human nature. I knew I was forgiven, but at at that point in my life, I wasn't ready to talk about some of those things. And so in, in this broad sense, humanity rejects the light because we don't want to be exposed. Now, there's a further complication, a further problem. And we find that when we look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. It says this. It says, the God of this age, God of this age is Satan. Okay, so not only is there spiritual darkness, not only are we born with, with spiritual eyes that can't, don't work, but... There is a prince in this spiritual darkness realm who operates there, who is an enemy of God. And he's called the God of this age in this verse. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. All right, so what the situation, I'm, I'm born with spiritually blind, spiritual eyesight that's blinded. So I can't see spiritual truth. And then on top of that, there's this evil being that blinds my mind. And so I'm double blind. I mean, that sounds pretty hopeless, doesn't it? I mean, that sounds really, it sounds like, it sounds like there's not much we can do. But when you look at this, you don't want to take it as if he made their eyes more blind than they already were. That's not what it's saying. I mean, if, you, if you're totally blind, and if everything is darkness, can you become more blind? No, you can't. If you're totally blind, I mean, if you have some eyesight, then you could become more blind. But if you're totally blind, 
which is what the Bible would say about the human heart as we enter this life. If you're totally blind, you can't become more blind. But what this passage is saying is that Satan blinds the mind. And what he does is to bring a deception into the lives and hearts of people. And this deception happens individually. It happens to whole cultures. It happens to whole societies. It happens internationally at times. But the deception is this. I can see okay. I'm not so bad off. I mean, I'm just like everybody else. And why would anybody try to tell me that I can't see spiritually? I'm as good as anybody else. And so the deception is that I can see. And Jesus put it this way in uh, Matthew's gospel at one point. He said, if you're, he was using the physical to illustrate the spiritual, but he said, if your eye is good, like if your eyes function well, your physical eyes, then your body's going to be full of light. In other words, you're going to be able to see. So my eyes, you know, I've had a lot of different eye problems, but my eyes are working and I can see, so I can see you because the light comes in. But then Jesus said, but if your eye is bad, then there's going to be darkness. But if you think that darkness is actually light, then you're in deep trouble. And so what Satan does is to deceive people into thinking that the darkness is actually light. Does that make sense? So if, I th- if I'm really blind, but I think I can see, then, you know, I, then I, I, can't, I can't come to the light. But the way this is broken is this. It's very simple. All a person has to do is begin to admit that maybe they don't have spiritual eyesight. All I have to do is begin to admit just to say, okay, God, I'm reading this, I'm hearing this, and uh, you know, I've experienced enough in life that I have to admit to you, maybe it's right. Maybe, maybe I was born with, with uh, spiritual blind blinders on, with, with spiritual eyesight that's been blinded. Maybe I was. And if I was, show me that. Show me that. As soon as a person begins to enter that track of recognizing that it could be that they actually are spiritually blind and what they think is light really isn't light. As soon as we begin on that track, then we're, be- we're beginning to break this lie of the enemy and we're beginning to walk into light. Now, <clears throat> let's read that passage, Matthew 6, okay? I want to show you this, these verses. This is where Jesus said this. He said, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. Is that that passage up? Okay. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. That's a good thing. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. You can't see. You can't take light in because your eyes don't work. And if if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. And so this is the deception that Satan brings to blind, to blind the mind. And each one of us, whether I've come to know Jesus or I haven't come to know Jesus yet, and, and, and I'm assuming there's some of us here that are just really checking Jesus out. We're just not sure. And you know, we, we want to know more, but we're not sure about the whole thing. Whether I'm, whether I'm checking Jesus out or whether I've 
come to a place that I've accepted Jesus and I know he's in my life, I need more spiritual sight. I need more spiritual light. And God wants to reveal more spiritual light to us because it's spiritual light that enables us to grow. When we talk about growing in Jesus, we're talking about actually getting more light, more revelation from God as to who God is and as to who we are. And the more I understand God's goodness, the more I understand his love for me, the more I understand his benevolence and his kindness and his mercy and his grace, the more I understand what Jesus did to change me, and then it flips over to the more I understand who I am, the more I understand how my heart has actually changed, and that I am a new creature, a new person, the more I understand that, the more light I walk in and the more of God's life I experience. And, and that's what we mean by spiritual growth. Now, I, I outlined here just four different points on the journey toward light that uh, I want to take just a moment and, uh, and, and share with you. But the first one I call curious light, okay? Curious light is the person who um, is saying, is God real? And if he is, how can I know? And if he is, where the heck is he? And if he is, why is all this bad stuff happening in the world? Questions like that about, is God real? That's the person's curious. They're not, they're not intent on, on seeking him yet, but they're curious about these questions. And then the next level, that, um, or the next point on this, this journey that I outlined was seeking light. This person is asking more directly, who is God? Is Jesus really God's son? And if he is, can I know him? If he is, will he forgive me? Will he accept me? That person's taken a step further towards the light. They're taking a step further towards Jesus. And, and they're asking different questions. And then the third level, the third point is uh, newfound light. Where I've come to experience the light. I've, I've received Jesus into my life. I've invited Jesus into my life and I've experienced the light. And when I experience that new light, what's that like? Who here has accepted Jesus in the last six months? Who has? Okay. All right. What's it like? Is it sad and all bleak and, or is it happy and joyful? It's, <laughs> all right. I'm gonna, it's joyful, isn't it? You come into it and you get some light and it's awesome. Um, my dad told me uh, this years ago, he grew up on a farm and he said that one of the really cool things was in the spring when uh, they would allow, let the, the winter-born calves out into the pasture for the first time. These calves have been born in the barn. They've seen barn light, but they've never seen the real sunlight. They haven't, they haven't uh, smelled the flowers or, or run through the grass. And he said they would come to a point where they would, the weather would be good enough and they would be old enough to let them out. And he said they would run and they would jump and they would kick their legs. And he said it was just like this exuberant dance of joy that they experienced because they were moving from some light into a whole lot more light. And when we come to Jesus, that's what it's like. It's like, wow, you know, I had no idea he was so good. I had no idea that I could feel so clean. I had no idea that I could feel forgiven. I had no idea I could feel new like this. 
And it's just exciting. But what happens over the course of time is that what is good light at that moment, eventually you, you, you begin to see that, well, I can't see everything. I need more light so I can see more. And then we move into this phase of growing light where we have to grow in light and have more and more revelation from God so we see more and more who he is and more and more uh, what he's done for us. So uh, there's a verse in Proverbs 4, verse 18, says this. It says, The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. And that's it. You know, we get this glimpse of Jesus when we invite him into our lives, and it's exciting. But we have to keep growing. We have to keep seeing more of who he is. We have to keep experiencing more of who he is. And how do we do that? Well, we ask the Holy Spirit. Uh, Paul prayed for the Ephesians, and he prayed that uh, the Holy Spirit would enlighten the eyes of their hearts. What he was saying was, you've received spiritual sight. I pray that God will just increase it from 20... 40 to 2030. Uh, I want it to be better. I want it to be clearer. And so you can see more, so you can experience more of God's light and more of who God is. And so ask the Holy Spirit, open the Bible and read it so you can know Jesus. Don't read it to just learn something. Don't read it so you can check off your quiet time uh, box on your devotional uh, booklet. Read it because, God, I want to know you. Holy Spirit, speak to me through your word. Show me who you are. And worship. Worship is one of the ways that we, we experience more of God's light because we see him and worship. And, and he loves it when we worship him. So he reveals what we call his manifest presence when we worship him. And when his presence comes, then I mean, that, that, that's just delight. If we, if we respond to that rightly, we see more of who God is. And then as well, spend time with people that, that have more light and encourage each other, and we see more of Jesus. And then finally, I think there's, like these teams that just went out, take some risks. Take some risks. You know, you don't become a better mountain climber by watching TV. How do you become a better mountain climber? You, you climb mountains. You take some risks. You go up the side of that rock, and you stretch yourself. And we have, to, we have to find, where's this edge for me? Where, where is my risk level? And how does God want to stretch me in my relationship with him? And that's going to involve his mission in the world. Because he doesn't call us to be bystanders. He calls us to be involved in his mission in the world. Where is my stretching point regarding his mission in the world? You know, for some, some of the folks that went out, the stretch point was just to carry the groceries and go along and see what happens. You know, for others, it is to stop the car, get out, and walk up to someone on the sidewalk and say, hey, are you having back pain? Because we really felt like God told us that we're going to find someone here in a blue coat with back pain. And, and so we're all at different levels, but find out where your risk level is and press into it, press past it, and you'll get more light. You'll see more of Jesus. And, and, and this is really important to recognize, that Jesus in us, it's Jesus in us that's the hope of glory, and it's Jesus in us that makes us the church body, and the church body is the hope of the world. And you can break that down to say you and I are the hope of people around us who don't yet know Jesus, because 
when, when we accept Jesus, then he puts his light in us. He's in us. You know, Jesus at one point said, I am the light of the world. And then a little later he said, you are the light of the world. And he said, don't hide your light. You're the light of the world. Don't hide it, but let it shine. And what that is, uh, it, it, what that really is talking about is that you and I carry an atmosphere with us. We carry Jesus with us. And so we carry an atmosphere with us. And it's the atmosphere we carry that is the most influential thing. That when we recognize, when, if, I'm, if I'm alert to it and I'm recognizing it, that when I walk into a room, I'm carrying the atmosphere of Jesus with me. And, and I'm recognizing that and I'm consciously cooperating with that and consciously yielding to that. Something happens in that room. There's, a, there, there's something that happens. Um, you know, uh, the older you get, some of your senses start to fade. Did you know that? Like, I've been using a lot of pepper lately. And, uh, and I just thought I'm starting to develop a like, liking for pepper. And then my wife said, no, old people put more pepper on their food. <laughs> because they're losing their sense of taste. Well, there's another thing that old people do. And that is, they start, we start to lose our sense of smell. And so when it comes cologne time... You know, we just dump it on, the perfume. So if you ever walk into the room and it's, everything smells like aqua velva, you know I've been there. <laughs> Have you ever experienced that? I mean, God love them. No, no criticism intended whatsoever, but someone who walks in and, they, and there's this aroma of roses that emanates out about six or eight feet on each side. Um, that, that's, that's like Jesus in me emanates out. There's just like an atmosphere. And when I cooperate with them, when I just say, Jesus, I want to walk in your presence and in your spirit. And as I walk into this room, I'm, you know, I'm carrying your presence here. That's the most powerful thing about our lives. And, um, and boy, when we start to think that way, we, we end up on the edge of what he's doing. And we just start to experience more and more of his presence and more and more of his light. I want to illustrate this for you, though, uh, before we end, Okay that um, a, a light needs to continually increase. So we're going to turn the lights down right now. I'm going to turn them all the way down. Fire marshal will not allow us to turn those back lights out. So we'll leave those on. And what I want you to do is just close your eyes for a moment. Let's get used to this. Turn off your phones and stuff. Okay, so here we are. Now we're going to just turn the lights, these Christmas lights on the stage up some. Would you bring those up slowly, about half light? Okay, so you can see these, can't you? That, that's nice, isn't it? Beautiful. A whole lot better than no light, isn't it? All right, that's, that's like coming to Jesus. You see something beautiful and gorgeous, and it excites you, and it thrills you because you've come to know Jesus. But as you're growing, you, ne you need to know him better. You need to know more light. So let's, let's see more light here. Okay, so that's even better. I'm starting to see you now. All right, before, all I could see were these lights. Now, you're growing. Let's, let's bring up some of the house lights just partially, okay? 
Okay, stop right there. Wow, that's bright, isn't it? I mean, I can see your faces now. I couldn't read real well. Could you read right now in this light? This is the kind of light that your mother told you if you don't, if you read in this, you'll go, you know, you'll lose your eyesight. So, all right, we need more light, don't we? More. Oh, that's better. Yeah. You can just about live with this, couldn't you? See, part of the problem is we get to a point where we can just about live with it. And, and sometimes we think, well, that's good enough for me. But we need, to, we need to press beyond that, and we need more light, more. Can we have more? Let's just take her the whole way up right now, okay? Yeah, this is good. This is good. And there's even more light than this when, when we're talking about seeing Jesus and understanding him more fully. So, um, yeah, we're going to worship right now. And, and I encourage you right now as you worship, just open your heart to him. So the worship team is going to come out and... And just say, Jesus, I want to know you better. I want to see more of you. I want, I want to see more of the light that you bring into the world. I want to understand your light in me better so I can share it, share it with others and just carry your atmosphere with me everywhere I go. So.